What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. What's going on, everybody? Just bring here today. Got a little uh, bonus episode for you. Basically doing an audio quick review because I went to go see the new Candyman movie yesterday and I went on Letterboxd and I did like I usually do. I typed out the quick review, but I was like, you know what? I kind of want to say a little bit more and fuck it, you know, strike while the iron is hot for once. And let's talk about this shit for, because I, I mean, because like I said, there's, a, there's stories to tell with the movie. There's, you know, a little fun shit here and there. So, I, you know, fuck it, man. Let's just, let's talk about it. It's going to be quick, though. I don't know how long this is going to be. I was actually, because you know, I don't watch a lot of new movies, but this is when I had to kind of keep my eye on I'm like, yo, I'm kind of interested in this. Of course, in the black horror movie, you know I'm going to be interested in that regardless. I didn't know what the fuck. Like, I tried, I mean, I saw the trailer once, but I try not to really watch, like, I might watch a first trailer, but after that, I don't really watch any other ones because then they start giving away too much in the movie. I don't know why they do that shit because it's like, I don't want to know the movie before I go see the movie, you know? So um, I don't remember if it was explicitly shown or stated in their first trailer that this is like kind of, I was thinking this was going to be a remake, like flat out, like start from scratch, ground up type shit, but it's actually a, a reboot sequel, a C-boot in the same way that the Halloween movie was that came out a few years ago. So I was pleasantly surprised by that because I didn't expect that shit. So when they started doing all the callbacks and everything, oh, and let me just say right now, spoilers. <laughs> I'm going to talk about everything. So if you ain't seen it yet, I understand if you don't want to listen to the whole thing. I'll just say, you know, to steal from Soul Wizard Podcast, here are my spoiler-free thoughts beforehand. I fucking loved it. I had a great time watching it. I just wish, and this is going to sound crazy coming from me, but because I'm usually the person that complains about the opposite, but I just wish this movie had been at least, at least 20 minutes longer, just 20 more minutes just to flesh a couple things out at the end, especially because it's only an hour and 31 minutes. Let me double check. Yeah, hour and 31 minutes, and there's at least a five to six minute credit sequence. So it's like an hour and 20 something minutes, and it tries to cram in a lot because it basically it changes the Candyman mythology from what I knew about it. I've only seen the original Candyman twice. I do own it upstairs, but I never got into it that deeply. We'll talk about that too later on in the episode right here. But it's, it's a lot of shit to try and do in, in 80 minutes. <laughs> you know, this is the one time where you know, it ain't got to be egregiously long like Fast 9 was. It ain't got to be almost three hours long, but at least could have hit like maybe a good 150, like just under two hours or something, you know, or like the first movie was like, how long was the first movie? I got my phone right here. Hour 39. So it actually wasn't much longer either. Shit, I didn't realize that. But that one didn't feel as rushed, though. Maybe it's because this one tried to do a little bit more because this one has 
it's a lot more like build up and atmospheric type shit. I don't remember if the first one really had this. I remember the first one kind of getting to the fucking point a little bit more, but this one kind of it, it's it's back ended with a lot of shit, exposition type shit. But I guess I'm not gonna get into it. So I'm just just spoiler free shit right now. But but I liked it. Other than that, the acting is great. The fucking cinematography is the shit. The directing is like the shit. Everybody did good acting wise. The story, like I said, kept me interested. I was literally on the edge of my seat a couple times in the theater. Because, you know, usually I'd be kicked back, you know, with the... I was even at a joint that had the leather seats with the reclining legs and everything. But I never reclined them shits because I was like, oh, I was... At certain points, I'd be scooted up on the edge, like, with, you know, almost doing Birdman hands and shit in front of me. Or, like, you got the fist, you know, interlocked with the palm and the other hand. You know what I'm talking about. So I'm just sitting there. I'm in this bitch. But it did have its problems, though. And that's the reason why I can't give it a perfect score. If you saw the letterbox review, you know what I gave. But if you listen to this and don't know, I'm going to save it to the end get that anticipation popping but i'm gonna get into the spoiler shit now but like i said if you haven't seen it yet i highly 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 recommend you go check it out if you're a fan of the original movie you'll get all kind of like if you're a big fan like you like are you recently even like it, i didn't do it because like i said i thought this was gonna be a flat-out remake but if you have the opportunity to do it watch the first movie first because there's little things that you'll pick up on i picked up on some just because i've seen the movie but there are a couple of things i'm sure i probably missed out on but I'll just, I won't spoil it, but again, I'll say there's, there are people from the first movie that appear in this movie. That's all I'll say. That's a good, like, five minutes right there. So, yeah, check it out. It's good shit. But now we about to spoil her up in this bitch. I ain't got the sound by like Soul Wizard, though, so I'm going to just do this. That's your cue to exit if you ain't seen this yet. Now to the movie. I actually went to go see this movie on a date. And so I was with a girl, and I was joking with her even. And I was, we sat in the theater. It was empty. We, like, we got there, like, early because, you know, I like to do shit. I like to get my seats so I ain't got to do none of that fuckery since they even got assigned seats. And this is only the second movie I've seen. Because I went, to, I think, the, yeah, I went to go see Spiral. So, hey, look, black folks get me to the movie theater. You should look at that, Hollywood. <laughs> we were sitting there and I was tell, I told her, I was like, it'd be crazy if, like, we like the only people really in here. And then the movie started and it only ended up being, like, one, two, three, like maybe eight people max that came into the theater. It was like, I think it was, like, one, a, a black couple, a single solo black guy, and then, like, maybe, like, six, seven white folks. And that was it. I was surprised. but Because I saw, when I went and got the tickets, I saw that four o'clock. But then I saw, like, the 7.30 show was sold out. So I was like, oh, shit, well, you know, let me get the tickets now and so I can be cool. But, shit, I was good. But beside the point, that just to say, it wasn't a packed theater. But I did see the movie actually did real good at the box office. And it was actually the first movie to hit number one that was directed by a black female director. So major props for that. You know what? get the button for that so good shit so people are going to see it i guess i just happen to get lucky and see it at an empty because i don't like to pack theaters anyway especially in pandemic bullshit and everybody sneezing and coughing all over me but the movie though it was an interesting way to handle this shit because you know the first original movie took place in cabrini green the old projects like if you've seen good times you know what i'm talking about and it was all about you know the um what's her name like i think virginia madison i think it was an actress a little white woman that went in there and was trying to investigate and find out shit about the candy man and then she ends up fucking dying and shit like i don't well, i probably shouldn't spoil that movie even though that is from 1992 it's almost as old as i am but i guess i shouldn't spoil that too much but i'm gonna have to a little bit so uh yeah fuck it yeah fuck it you'll be fine you'll be all right if you ain't seen it by now you probably wouldn't watch this movie if you ain't seen the original anyway but then again uh, i don't know <laughs> spoilers motherfucker but that was the first movie and this movie cabrini green has been gentrified the fuck out like and it's one of the things like i think this is one of those movies where it might be not even might be i think it will be viewed differently from the different perspectives like i think white cats might have a slightly different perspective and view on some of these things than i have and i noticed that in the theater actually even so i know it's true but then again 
what I'll talk about that later. I'll say that for the end because it's it was a funny little way to end the movie. But uh, yeah, watching this, like I said, as a black man, I can just definitely relatable shit because the area I grew up in. I always talk about it, like in my grandma's house, it's slowly becoming gentrified like this. Like when I drive down there now, it's not been like to the point of like this movie where it's like all super like new age, futuristic looking tall skyscrapers and shit like that. But a little bit further down the way, actually at the hospital I used to work at, like they started just buying up all these old school houses and just remodeling them and putting all this modern shit in them. And you started seeing a lot more like white cats and the younger people and all this type of shit moving in there and they slowly, you know, getting everybody to fuck out. Because the job I worked at even was a big part of that. And they tried to sell the house. They were like trying to get us to bomb. And I actually got, um, I didn't get, well, I mean, I got slight trouble, but it wasn't like I didn't get like fired or nothing. But we had a meeting where they were talking about them and they were like, hey, you know, does anybody want to, you know, get in on this housing project shit we got going? And I, <laughs> I looked up at them and I was like, I would love to, but y'all don't pay us enough to afford a house payment and they shot me the most evil fucking look but it was real shit i was making 908 you think i'm gonna buy a fucking house with that but i mean like i said that's another story but just to say like i've seen this in real life like where i've grown up it is legit happening right now like that's even that's the reason why my grandma even moved out because they would just call the houses at random and be like hey you know we're interested in your house you know we got 80 stacks for you you know you want to sell it and she was like hell yeah because she was tired of the house anyway and she actually got over on them because that house was nowhere near worth that shit it was damn near falling apart literally at some points and they was like cracking on the walls and shit and they found that shit out because when i rolled by there not too long ago i think they just gave up on that bitch like it looks exactly the same they took the fence out changed the door and the windows but it don't look like they did shit else and that was years ago now so i guess they found out the hard way but yeah, and it's you know, the lead character, you know, you got the black couple, which is one big prop I will give the movie. You know, as much as I did like the first movie, you know, it still had that a little tinge of that white savior type thing where it's like, you know, it was the white woman that Candyman was trying to holler at. But then the written but this, the thing about it though that made it slightly more passable in that movie is that his whole backstory was that way back in the day, you know, in the, like slavery times and shit. I can't remember the exact year. I think it was like it was eighteen something. But he was a painter and he was painting somebody's wife and they ended up falling in love and he fucked her and got her pregnant. And then, you know, she had to tell her husband and what the fuck happened. Cause when that baby come out looking like me, probably it ain't going to, you know, so they ended up basically lynching my man. They covered him in honey, had bees, you know, fuck him up with the stingers and shit. They cut his hand off and jammed a hook in there, put him on fire, did him real motherfucking foul. And I, if I remember right, Virginia Madison was like the descendant of that woman or she looked like her or some shit like that. So that's the reason why, you know, she's there, but it's still, you know, you get the black horror movie, but you still have to deal with, you know, him loving the white woman and, you know, all this type of shit. But this one fixes that because it's like pretty much all black cast for the most part. And the only real white people in the movie either get fucked up or they're like just side characters. So it's, I don't know if that sounds bad or not, but that was nice to see because it's like, OK, yeah, finally we got this. I can call this the black horror or a black horror movie. I don't know about the but it's a black horror movie. Whereas, you know, sometimes with the Candyman movie, it would kind of you could say that. But it was one of those things where it's like, you kind of just have to because it's like, this is the best we can do type shit. But no, it, this, it's here now. We can call Candyman the black horror. <laughs> so that was a plus right there for me. And then everybody doing their thing, acting. Like I said, the, I was engaged the whole fucking time. Like, there was no scene, like, where somebody did some goofy shit or said a line bad that took me out the movie and I would start laughing. Like, how me and PJ doing the podcast where we'll pick up on certain lines and shit. Like, when we watched Tekken and the dude kept going, Father! You know, and, like, there was nothing like that that took me out of the movie and made me laugh. Like, I was in this shit. So, mad props on the acting. And, I, you know, I got, you know, Tayana Paris, the girly playing the, you know, girlfriend, love interest, you know, fine as fuck. I'm going to just say it. So... 
that definitely killed my interest right there. I was I was rooting for my man's to make that shit work out. Cause I'm like, bro, come on, man. You can't you can't lose her, dude. I'm pretty sure she was the black chick from the WandaVision show. I think that was her in WandaVision too. I'm not sure. So if you've seen WandaVision, you know what I'm talking about. I can't remember what the fuck her character name was. It's so hard to keep track of them fucking Marvel character names, man. I just know she was the black woman in WandaVision. Whatever the fuck her character was. But yeah, I'm just trying to you know all the other, all the shit I like. Just like it's just hard to explain like exactly what I like. Cause it was just pretty much the whole movie. So it's, it's easier to say what I didn't like. Because there's not much, but like with the movie, like I said, I love the atmosphere was another big thing. Cause even like with the credits or like sometimes with like the little cutaway shots or whatever, like the original Candyman movie, it started out with like shots of like, I think like the highway and buildings and everything. You had the Philip Glass score and it was like, man, it gave it like more of a like classy type feel. You know, it wasn't, I just, it wasn't like, I, you know, I love Tales from the Hood and it's in the title, so it's going to be there, but it wasn't like, you know, we think a black horror movie is going to be all a bunch of hip hop or gangster rap or, you know, mumble rap since it's a newer movie and none of that. I don't remember hearing any of that shit. And maybe in like the background of like a party or something, like the art gallery party or something, they might have been playing something. But for the most part, you get like this little classy type, like piano type score and shit. And I love that because it's like, yeah, because you know, motherfuckers are expecting that shit I was talking about. And it's like, nah, 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 none of that. And the music actually sounds pretty good. I wondered if it was Philip Glass again, because I, I know for sure I saw in the credits when I was watching, they used at least one of the fucking songs that he did for the first movie, I think. But I had to look it up because I'm like, I was like, is it him again? But it's not. It's actually a black guy doing the music again. Or not again, but black guy doing music this time. His name was Robert Aiki Aubrey Lowe. So if I fucked it up, I apologize. But he did the music. I saw he did the music too for a Sicario, Arrival, Mother, It Comes at Night, and Candy, well, candy man there you go it's a bunch of shit so i was like okay i've actually heard this dude before but i love the score like i said i love the shots oh that's what i was saying to the shots in this movie where you know it's almost doing a similar thing like with the shots of the the highways and the buildings and everything but it's kind of I, I it's they, they filmed it like it looks like it's almost upside down as it's going through the the cityscapes and it's kind of like the clouds and like everything looks reversed like it looks fucked up and i didn't know Somebody tell me this when you listen to it. I, I thought the projection was fucked up when the movie first started, but when the Universal logo popped up and the Braun logo and the Monkey Paw Productions, they were all reversed. Like the letters were going the wrong way. And I was getting ready to get up and go holler at the projectionist and be like, yo, this, this fucking movie's playing in reverse. Like, what the fuck are y'all doing? But then when the movie started, it was normal. So I don't know if they caught it or if it was just that way, just, you know, the the, un, the unsettling or uneasiness of, okay, right from the Universal logo, shit's going to be fucking weird. Maybe that was how it was supposed to be. I didn't look that up, but it was curious because I'm like, okay, it fixed itself. And I would think of the projection is like, I don't know if there's like, he just clicked something because everything is digital now. Like, I think back in the day, you might stop the real, like flip it, however the fuck you would do that. But it was weird. So I wonder if that was just me or if it was made that way. Somebody let me know, like, did you have a reverse Universal logo too? Because... That shit was weird. And if that was supposed to be like that, then it did the job because it was fucking weird. And again, I was I said earlier too, like I'm in spoilers now so I can get into it, but they kind of fuck with the mythology a little bit because in the original Candyman, because like I said, this ignores Candyman 2 and 3, which is good for me because I never seen Candyman 2 and 3 because I remember I was going to get them, but then I think the Shout Factory Blu-rays went out of print and they started being stupid fucking prices. And I was like, yeah, I won't bother. And I was like, when the new movie come out, they'll probably be back in print anyway, so I'm not going to spend no stupid amount of money on them. And then I heard uh, Beat Them Down from the Cult 45 podcast when they reviewed the first Candyman on their show, he said the sequels were basically a waste of fucking time. So I was like, all right, well, I'm just not even going to bother right now. Maybe if I catch them on TV or something. So I have never seen them. So thankfully, I didn't need to for this movie. But the original Candyman movie was just Tony Todd. You know, the actor that played Candyman in that movie, he would just, he, you know, would come back. You say his name five times and he come and fuck shit up, you know. But this movie kind of has it to where he was like the original Candyman. 
But there have been many candy men, I guess, throughout the ages. And it's usually brought upon by some type of like wrongdoing and shit like they The whole ending credit sequence is basically like an origin story for every candy man done in the little puppet style animation, which I also thought was pretty cool how they did the puppet animations and shit. But you, know, you see like dudes getting chased around by lynch mobs and, you know, police shooting people. Or in this movie, you see the police beating this candy man up in this movie to death, which I was mad confused because, like I said, I thought this was a straight up remake. So they started referencing shit from the old movie, but then when they showed the Candyman that's in this movie, it wasn't Tony Todd. So I was like, wait, I was like, did Tony, I was like, I can't see Tony Todd saying no to being in the Candyman movie. So I'm like, why the fuck is it not him? And am I supposed to just believe that that's that same character? And then when they say that Candyman's name is different. So I was like, what the fuck? Like I said, I was mad confused about that until they finally, you know, it's it's like, oh, there's multiple Candyman. And we just saw in the first movie, the original Candyman. Which I was kind of confused about that timeline for a while, man. I think that's the thing is, like I said, the end of the movie is kind of weird because it shows so much shit in such a little amount of time. It's almost like a, like, a, all right, all right, we run out of time. Let's go, let's go, let's go. But I also did see that there, I think there is deleted shit with this movie because I saw that Virginia Madsen character actually had scenes in this movie. She was supposed to be here, but I guess they got edited the fuck out. But because, you know, you hear her voice at one point, like he's listening to a tape recorder of like notes she took in the first movie. So that's pretty much all you get. And you see her picture in like a book or newspaper article or some shit, but you, you never see her. And But if they cut it out, then that mean maybe there was, there was other story shit. Maybe there was fleshed out shit and it just got cut. I don't know why the fuck you'd cut it. I don't know. It just, that was the one of the biggest problems I had with the movie. Just, I was a little confused at points. Like I was entertained and I was with it, but there was points where it's like, I'm scratching my head and smiling at the same time. I was like, wait, what the fuck is going on? And it's not really, it's mainly all in terms of the Candyman mythology that had me confused. Like the actual, like what was going on in the movie, I wasn't really confused about. Except one part, but we'll get to that. I don't know. I think, I mean, once it ended, like I said, I figured it out once, like, but it's like I had to wait till the end credits to really figure out what the fuck was happening for real. And it's like, damn, I wish I would have known that during the movie and not during the credits. Because, like, as y'all, as I'll talk about later, like, if you didn't stay for the end scene and see the little origin thing, you wouldn't know. Or maybe I'm just dumb. You know, maybe I just didn't catch on or something. Maybe I was too invested in the, the cinematography and direction. I wasn't paying enough attention to the story. Maybe it was a line or something that I missed. That happens if you listen to the show all the time. There'll be one line that would explain everything I'm confused about. And I, for some fucking reason, missed it. Maybe I was drinking my soda or something. Like, I don't know. Like I said, until the end of the movie, I didn't really, it didn't really click to me what exactly was going on. And I was like, it was one of those like, oh, type things. And I mean, and then there's a scene at, the, I got to quit bumping the mic, sorry, y'all. <laughs> and there's another scene where Tony Todd actually does make an appearance and he's like a quick, like one line type cameo. And that's when, that was when it was like, oh, like type thing and shit. The lead actor in this movie, though, pretty much just to get the this story just out of the way, he's a, a painter that learns about the Candyman. I think it's his uh, girl's brothers like telling a little the story and all that shit. And he's it's some I think it's almost like I guess he's like I guess because you know one story gets told so many times, shit changes. But the shit he was saying, I'm like, is this a remake? Because it's like the shit he's saying, I was like, I don't remember it happening that way. But I guess, like I said, so be you know, once you heard it so many times, shit gets changed around. But um, and then he starts doing research, and that's when he finds out about the Candyman. And as he's out you know, surveying the Cabrini Green area, he gets stung by a bee and he has like this bucking bump on his hand. And that leads to one of the problems I had with the movie. I'll just say it now. He's going to become the Candyman. He is the next in line of the Candyman. And so when he gets stung by that bee, it's like basically like some Peter Parker shit. Like he, he got bit by the spider and got superpowers. My man's got stung by a bee and he becomes Candyman. But throughout the movie, as it takes over him, his hand starts to get like real like decrepit and like dead looking and shit. Like at one point he's even peeling like skin off and everything. 
And I mean, I think somebody might have like noticed at one point and said something. But for the most part, like he starts to look fucked up at certain parts of this movie. Like he's looking rough. And ain't nobody really mentioning that shit. And I'm just watching it like, does nobody notice this shit? I'm I'm like legit like trying to get a movie. Like, is it in his head? Like, is this something we'll find out at the end where it's like, oh, only only I could see that. Or, oh, shit, I was tripping, you know? I didn't know what the fuck was going on. But no, he legit, like, by the end of this movie, looks like a fucking zombie. And it's like, did nobody see that? Because he until, like, later on in the movie, he doesn't even cover it up. His I mean, he got, like, maybe long sleeve shirts on at some points. But you can see that fucking hand, dude. Like, why the fuck does nobody point this out? I was legit confused just thinking, like I said, maybe he was bugging. But no, it's not like everybody else was bugging. Because it's like, why is nobody saying that? Why is nobody trying to take him to the hospital? Because there's a part where he goes to visit his mom. And we find out that it's Vanessa Williams from the first movie, the girlie that had the baby. And I know there, there was a part where, you know, because it's like going up to his neck at that point. She's like kind of pulling back the collar looking. And she has a look like, what the fuck? But she doesn't really say anything. I guess I guess we just have that look like, oh. But at that point, too, also, it could be because, again, spoilers, we find out that he is the baby grown up from that first movie that, you know, Virginia Madison like had in the fire and like handed it back to her. Like, here, take your baby back. It's him. And I guess the Candyman wanted him to, you know, so that he can continue the Candyman bloodline. And because of what the fuck goes on in this movie, he found him and he eventually continues the Candyman bloodline. So maybe she knew what was going on. And maybe that's why when she saw that, she just didn't say nothing. Because she's like, oh, maybe she already know what's going on. Maybe he already know. But still, for the audience, it's like, yo, can somebody acknowledge that my man's is looking fucked up out here? So I'm not confused, though. Because it's like, like I said, I don't, maybe I'm just not the smartest movie watching motherfucker in the world. Maybe I'm like missing subtleties and not catching on. But motherfucker, tell me something. Like, am, is this what is this in his mind? Is this just for me, the viewer? Like, what is going on here? Like, why is nobody noticing shit? If my man's PJ came in here with his hand cam all fucked up, I'd be like, yo, PJ, your hand game is fucked up, son. What happened? Did you burn yourself? Like, I wouldn't let him slide by without saying something. I would make sure my homie, all right, bro. Like, does he not have no real friends in this bitch? Like, oh, yeah, it, it, it bothered me, if you can't notice. And like I said, some of that leads into the confusion of the end of the movie, too, because throughout the movie, as he's learning about Cabrini Green and Candyman and all that, he, like I said, he's an artist. And uh, part of his art exhibit is that he he does a bunch of um art or you know paintings and shit based on the Candyman's uh story and all that and his he has uses it as a gimmick you know he's handing out pamphlets it's like hey if you say the Candyman name five times in the mirror you know he'll kill you but he's saying it like as a joke so the whole thing is like say his name or say my name whatever the fuck it is Destiny's Child shit and people at the art galleries of course say this shit and that's when people start getting fucked up because the joke is you know most of the black people are like yeah we don't we not fucking around with that but all the white people are like yeah I'm gonna I'm try it I'm gonna try it and then they get fucked up but as he's learning more about the Candyman, he, there's a guy that, that works at a laundromat that we find out in a flashback saw the actual Candyman in this movie as a kid. And he saw him get murdered by the police and everything. And at first, you, you know, you just think he's just this kind of helpful dude. You know, he's the guy that has the info. So he talks to him. But then by the end of the movie, he just kind of seemingly out of nowhere just becomes like this crazy, like cult motherfucker. Like the, the lead actor, uh, he's like basically, like I said, looks like a zombie. And he's like going like hey you know it's the resurrection you know Candyman is back sweets for the sweet all this type of shit and he cuts off the lead actor's arm and sticks the hook in there then I guess he's gonna sacrifice himself to the Candyman I, that's what I thought anyway and that shit just came out of left field like a motherfucker it was like wait wait hold on there there was seemingly nothing really leading to that. There, like, there were no hints that maybe you know he was kind of nefarious what he was doing. Like, he was. I didn't feel like he was telling him all the Candyman stuff to get him to resurrect Candyman. It just felt like, hey, you know, I got the scoop. And so I let you know. I didn't really get a nefarious tone from him until he just was flat out bad guy all of a sudden. I did have issue with that just slightly, just like from the plot 
you know, plot-wise and all that. And then, you know, the ending of the movie, like, he ends up getting fucked up by Gurley because they actually kidnapped Gurley. And I'm guessing they were going to try and have her be a fucking sacrifice, too, possibly. I'm not entirely sure. But she ends up escaping. She ends up fucking him up. And then, you know, the, of course, the real bad guys, the cops show up. <laughs> and they end up, they fucking murder the lead act. They murder Candyman, the new Candyman. He gets fucked up. And they got her in the back of the car. And they're about to basically make her testify that. Uh, the cop acted in, you know, self-defense and shit, basically sell her mans out so that she don't go to jail. Because if she don't, then they're going to say, well, you were an accomplice. And so we arrested you, too. And you're going to go to jail for life. So she tricks the motherfucker into letting her, you know, look through the mirror of the mirror. And she says, Candyman five times. And he comes up and fucks all the cops up. And then uh, he, the bees are all around him. And then, like, you know, you see his face turn into Tony Todd. And he's like, you know, tell, say my, tell him my name. Tell him the story. Tell him who the fuck I am. Let these motherfuckers know, B. You know, that type of shit. And then the movie just kind of ended right there with that shit. And, you know, you see the cop. It's more cops coming about to arrest her. So it's like, did you did you waste your one Candyman wish killing them cops and now you still going to go to jail now? Like, how do you explain that shit, you know? Like, tell them that the Candyman did it, but as you sit in jail for life, I don't know. I guess maybe that's where a sequel can come in. But it just, like I said before, it just felt like they there was there was so much buildup that when it came time to bust that, you know, that plot nut, they had to, you know, do a quick three or four pump and let it out real fast. You know, they had to jackhammer that shit because it's like, oh, shit, we're running out of time now. It's like, you know, you had too much foreplay. You had to, the slow strokes were going too long. You know, we ready to bust this nut. And it's like, oh, shit, I got to go to work in five minutes, you know, type move. So it's like, ah, I just wish you had, like I said, give me like another 20. I don't know why they cut out the shit I read that they cut out. But if it has anything that would have helped this plot, I wish to God they had not cut it out. But like I said, I don't know why it would have got cut or what even got cut. I just read that something might have got cut. And then, like I said, at the end, that's when you see all the, like, the origin story of all the different Candymen. That's when it's like, oh, okay, between between seeing Tony Todd and seeing that, it's like, oh, so this is a whole new Candyman mythology. That's when it really clicked with me what the fuck was happening. So it's like, oh, there just are multiple Candymen, and this would unfortunately just be a continuing tale because basically Candyman seems to be created from trauma and, like, lynching and, you know, racial killings and shit like that. So that just basically means this story will never fucking end because that's going to always be a thing, unfortunately. But, you know. So, yeah, like I said, other than that, those was really my main two big problems with the movie. Like, it would have been damn near a perfect horror movie, in my opinion, if it just spent a little bit more motherfucking time on that that last, like, third of the movie just explaining shit. Just, like, let it breathe. I mean, they let it breathe too much, even. It's, like, in the beginning, like I said, it was just a little bit, like, just... If you didn't have a lot of time at the end to get to that shit, we need to, you know, get to that shit earlier, you know, or something like that. It just felt like, you know, at the end, we just had to rush a little bit too much. And then, like I said, and then the, the thing with the arm and people, you know, not noticing. Maybe that's a little bit nitpicky. The other thing is a plot thing. Like, I don't think that's nitpicky. Maybe the arm thing was a little bit nitpicky. But, don't, I mean, that's, I got to be real. Those are the two things. I, it's not a perfect movie. But, I mean, it's a fucking great one. Home Video Hustle Scale, if I'm giving this a number, it's getting a 9. Close to getting a 10. I was like, maybe it won't be a 10 plus. Maybe it'll be a 10. But I was just like, nah, I want to. If it had just been the arm thing, I'd have gave it a 10 and just said, fuck it, not the plus. But I don't know the ending, man. Like I said, it, I like what they were going for, but it just felt too goddamn rushed, man. I just had to drop it a point because I'm like, I just wish you gave yourself another. Like I said, at least 20. Like, it could have been an hour and 51. I would not have a problem with it. Like, I was enjoying the fuck out of the movie. And it still would have been under two hours. Like, that's the only problem I have with a lot of modern movies that they all just feel like they we have to make them all two and a half hours. And, like, motherfucking movies don't even have that much plot to even need that much time. Like, I... 
just recently reviewed Fast 9 on Letterboxd, and that movie was just like an endurance. It's like, why the fuck is this two in the hours and like 30, whatever the fuck minutes? Like, you could have cut an hour out of that movie, and it probably would have been the same, bro. Like, so I was happy that this one, because a lot of times I look at, you know, a lot of times the shorter movies, there's always, it can either be it ain't got a lot to talk about, so it's short, or it just, it gets to the point. You know, it has its goal, and it takes, it doesn't stand a lot of bu- uh, bullshit, you know? Like, Fast 9 had a lot of bullshit that could have got cut, but this movie, I actually wish it had more, you know? Other than that, I enjoyed the shit, though. I loved it, man. Like, as I said in my letterbox review, like, as the movie ended and I was walking out the theater, the first thing I thought was, I wonder if this would get a 4K Blu-ray release and how much that would be. I might have to grab that. Like, I'm thinking about buying the movie immediately after watching it, so that says a lot for it. Because, like I said, I normally, like, I'm not even really interested in newer movies very much. Like, y'all, y'all see the shit I be watching on the podcast and I be reviewing on Letterboxd. I watch a lot of old shit. Because new movies always seems mad formulaic and the same old shit. Not even a good fun way. I have been surprised this year. Like, maybe I just need to break that stigma. Because like I said, between this and Boss Level, Willie's Wonderland, Psycho Gorman, all that shit. <laughs> Psycho Gorman. I keep saying Gorman now because of Brendan. But, like, there are newer movies I do fuck with. But a lot of them are, like, throwback kind of to older movies, too, at the same time. Like I said, Candyman remake. Psycho Gorman is kind of like a weird 80s, like, Goonies-style violent thing and then willie's wonderland is like it feels like a grindhouse movie of his time back then and boss level kind of i don't know boss levels of the all the ones i named that one feels the most modern but it has like its little things too but maybe i don't know i just need to probably just look at more more movies and shit you know but i did have a funny story one, the main reason i actually wanted to talk about this on the microphone and not just through the text because i wanted to talk about this shit because i thought it was funny but as i said in the movie theater it was me girly no, I think it was another black couple and a black guy. And then, like I said, maybe six, seven like white cats in there. And the whole movie, I didn't really speak on this, but the whole movie, like I said, this is a black horror movie. And it, it don't shy away from talking about shit. Like, Candyman was created by, you know, pe- white people lynching black guys for fucking white women. The Candyman in this movie became the Candyman because he got beat to death by a bunch of cops. He was in, in it. The story was he uh, would hand out candy to the kids and shit. I guess, you know, just kind of like nicer old dude. You know, some people might look as creepy like, you know, hand up kids candy and shit, whatever. But he seemed harmless in the movie anyway. But there was somebody that was uh, giving kids candy with razor blades in it. And I guess... He got the rap for that shit because he was the one handing out candy and he was a black guy. So, you know, whatever. So there there was a part where the laundromat guy as a kid saw him and he was like, went to go hand him some candy. And he the kid screamed like, ah, and the police ran up in there. Then the rest, dude, they just beat him to death on the spot right there, you know, execution style. And then they say later in the movie after that, like he was not even the dude like razor blades or candy with razor blades still were getting shopped around the kids. So it's like they just basically killed an innocent man for nothing. They just went and killed a black guy in Cabrini Green. So they don't shy away from that type of talk. And I could I could tell like there were points where, you know, certain jokes you would hear. Ha ha ha. And then there were certain things where. I would be like, mm, or, you know, I would chuckle, you know, when they make jokes about like, because there's a scene where <laughs> they're talking about the Candyman thing, where, you know, you said the name five times and the black cats are like, uh, who the fuck would even do that? And it immediately hard cuts to like the little young white girl in high school, her and her friends like chanting into the mirror. And I've laughed hard. Cause I'm like, that's pretty much realistic as fuck right there. Because like, I remember back in the day as a kid, you know, people would do this shit or like the Bloody Mary thing. People like, oh, you know, say Bloody Mary, say Candyman, whatever amount of times in the mirror. Like, I ain't never do that shit. I'm like, fuck that. But all the little, the white homies, you go and you know you got the homies, the black homies that you know hung around more with the white cats. They would do that shit. But I was always like, fuck no. So when that scene happens in the movie where they say that and then they cut to the white girl doing it and then she gets super, her and her friends get super fucking murdered. Like I laughed, bro. Like, <laughs> but I, like I said, me girly I was with and the other black, I think we laughed, but nobody else did. And then parts where 
you know, the regular and like whatever jokes happen, they would laugh. But then there'd be serious talks where they talk about, you know, the lynch and all this other type of shit. And they'd be dead quiet. And we'd all be like, hmm, and it's just dead quiet. And then when the movie ended, like I said, the, um, the ending montage shows all the different candy men being created. Like, we stayed for the credits, and there's another black guy stayed for the credits. Everybody else, the moment the fucking movie ended, they just got up and left. And it was dead quiet. Nobody mumbling about the movie or nothing. I was like, damn, they just left. <laughs> so I don't know if they were, I don't know if they felt the type of way. I don't know if they was just like, yeah, it's over. So now we're leaving. Like, Because it seems ever since Marvel, Marvel has pretty much train people to sit the fuck at the end of the movie because it's like now legit every time i go see a movie at the theater now the first thing i do when it's over in the credit star i pull out my phone and i just put like candy man post credit scene then i think it's screen ran or somebody always has an article that says hey does this have an end credit scene which it didn't but they were saying like you might want to stay for the credits though to still see the origin stories and all that they had no hesitation all the white people got the fuck up and left and i thought that was fucking hilarious because I, I can already see. Oh, actually, I have seen it. I looked on IMDb after this because like I was I was curious because I saw Rotten Tomatoes. It has good scores and it's certified fresh and all that shit, which I was like, that's what's up. And it made a lot of money. But I'm like, as uh, uh, Brandon and Nathan say, you know, I went to the dregs of the review world. I went to the, the user reviews. And I just give you a taste of some of the shit because it, it basically, well, before I read them, I'll just say, because this is what I thought before I read it. And I was in it proving myself right when I looked at them. I'm like, there's going to be a lot of people that watch this shit, and it's going to be, oh, you know, it's just another movie, you know, social justice warrior propaganda, you know, oh, it's going to, white people the bad guys, you know, well, no, it's going to that type of shit, you know. Oh, why does every movie have to deal with race? You know, you know that type of shit. I was like, it's going to be a lot of that, because of this type of shit it deals with. And I looked at IMDb, and that's exactly what the fuck I saw people complaining about. I don't want to deal with the real shit. Just want to be entertained. It's like, nah. Because that's the, like I said, I said in my letterbox review, like people complain about that shit, but it's like sometimes the only way to get these type of points across is to throw them into the motherfucking movies. And that's why as much as I'm like tired of seeing certain style movies, like definitely like slave movies and shit, I have no interest in that. They have their place for some people to look at. Because like I said, I, the one of the main reasons I get tired of seeing that shit is because I know all about that shit. I read about that shit. I've watched you no know, shit about it. You know, I've looked at documentaries about it. I fucking lived this shit as a black guy. Like, not, of course, as hard as a lot of that shit back then. But, you know, I have my moments. Like, I've had run-ins with the police because I fit the description and all that type of shit. I've had, I told the story in a Black Klansman episode where after, when Black Klansman ended, we went to a movie theater that was in a predominantly white area because it was the one that was showing next and it was a cheaper movie theater. And when we walked out the movie theater, me and the spirit... We were, uh, went to the Froyo spot and got some frozen yogurt. And as we were sitting there, two cars, the first car was a bunch of, you know, it was a bunch of white teenagers drove by and it was blasting hip hop music, ironically enough, and just staring me the fuck down the whole time. And then they, when I stood up and like I was going to walk toward them, they sped the fuck off. And then I sat back down, like not even five minutes later, and an old white couple, man, the white one, I will admit, the woman wasn't looking over it, but the white guy just was staring daggers at me. So like I said, this shit ain't, it's not gone. I mean, sure, you can say things have gotten better. But they not fucking gone. And a lot of people want to keep a blind eye to that shit. And that's why they get upset when movies like this, you know, they're entertainment, you know, they're horror movies, you know, like the get outs and all that type of shit when they show that stuff because they have to confront that shit. It's in your fucking face. It's real, man. And sometimes that's the only way to get you motherfuckers. I was saying you motherfuckers, if you listen to this, I'm sure you probably find I'm just saying people that want to try and turn a blind eye to the shit or say it ain't real. Like you have to see it now because it's, it's in your media. You know, that's the only way sometimes to get it across to you is to show it to your ass because apparently you don't want to see it. Now you can't turn away. You're going to get out and walk out the theater, sure, but you wasted your fucking money. I don't mind them doing it. Like I said, just some shit, it just ain't for me. Like, I get it. But there's motherfuckers out there that don't get it and need to see the shit. So I get that, you know. And with this movie, pretty much, it's like, yeah, the lot of shit that black people have had to deal with 
are fucking horror stories. And so you need to see that shit sometime to understand it. But I was looking at the IMDb reviews and it's like two out of 10, one out of 10, five out of 10, one out of 10. Oh, and you know what? I'm, I'm actually looking at these two reviews because they say in the title exactly what I'm talking about. Somebody gave it a five out of uh, 10 and says only kills white people. Great atmosphere at the start leaves me feeling hopeful, but really an ultimately shallow film with no death. Overall, very disappointed with this, especially as the original is very close to my heart watching as a teenager. Yeah, this is one out of 10 political propaganda garbage. They focused more on a fake political agenda and propaganda than they did horror. Barf. Don't waste your time. Even the original was better than this crap. Five out of 10. Tarnished by politics. This could have been a great movie. I love the concept. The death sequences and the main character brother were great. But I wanted was what I wanted was to switch off from life and watch a horror film. Instead, I had politics and race to ram down my throat. I'm mixed race, half black. And I was sick of hearing about it all by the end. Also, the typical white bad cop shoot unarmed black man. Unless the film is about politics or racing, just make a good film and let us be immersed in it. Watching a film and switching it off isn't like it used to be. But the, like I said, the thing is, I also sometimes get tired of seeing, you know, all the, like I said, the trauma movies. But that's part of this motherfucker's backstory. So it's really even hard to avoid that shit. Like he was created by getting lynched by white folks. And so you can't like shy away from shit like that now. And like I was saying before, what is horror for black people more often than not? It's the fucking police. Like legitimately. The spirit, when we were together, would not be able to sleep at night because she would always wonder if I would make it home. This is all real shit. Like, you know, you can have the boogeyman monsters and all that shit, too. But, you know, we like like I was saying before, we don't really fuck with that type of shit. We don't go around saying names and mirrors. We don't go into caves or not. Our horror is everyday life sometimes. And so I felt it portrayed that fucking perfectly. And I was in the news not too long ago. Motherfucker got killed just for playing music too loud or some shit like that. Like, you never know when motherfuckers going to try and be on some whole shit. That's the real horror. So it didn't bother me here. And like I was saying before, sometimes that's the only motherfucking way to get people to listen is to put it in the media. That's what I'm saying. No, I knew it was going to be a lot of that shit. It's going to be propaganda talk and oh, just social justice, whatever the fuck bullshit. Like, whatever, man. Like I said, the Candyman story roots is in that shit. So whatever. So I will say this as a black man that loves horror movies. I highly enjoyed the motherfucking movie. So check the shit out. And if you're one of them cats that's just like, oh, man, I don't, I don't want this in my horror story. I just want to go to turn my brand. Don't watch it then. Like, I don't know what to tell you on that one, dog. So I think that's about all I got to say about it. Like I said, I just wanted to, you know, say a little something about it. Give y'all some quick review audio format. Because it was a little bit, I, it was a lot more I wanted to say in the written joint. But I just, it would have been a lot of typing and long. Like, people probably weren't going to read all that shit. So I was like, I'll tell you what, I'll just throw an audio version out there. You can listen to it and you can read it. How about that? So on that note, all I got really left to say is that I'm Brent, and I think you should go watch the Candyman movie. Give him some motherfucking support, because I would like to see sequels. Oh, and this also. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm going to throw this out right after I'm done and you know, chopping it up a little bit. I'm going to, of course, get some gaps. There's some gaps here and there's people outside mowing the lawn and shit, but go check the motherfucking movie out, man. Give it, give it a chance. A chance. Give it a chance, because I think it's enjoyable. It does have its problems. It's not perfect. Like I said, I wish it just would have had more. That ending, I just wish got explained a little bit better. And I wish the fucking bee sting thing had just... Somebody, no, please, somebody, no, nobody really called it out, man. That drove me crazy, son. But I loved it, though, man. Like I said, the, everything else other than them two things, for real. And like I said, one of those things is a big thing. Don't get me wrong, but everything else was pretty damn good, man. So I recommend you check it out. And like I said... It may be controversial to say, but I think I liked it some more than the original one. So, 
I'm sure I'll get some comments about saying that because I looked it up on IMDb. I gave this a nine, and I saw on IMDb last time I watched Candyman the original. I gave it a seven. So it fucking tracks, my nigga. I I said it's better. So check it out. Let me know what you think. Like I said, hit me up in the comments. If you're a Patreon cat on Twitter in the group or whatever, let me know in the group what you think. I know Joey and the Soul Wizard crew are gonna talk about. It. I'm very curious to hear what they gotta say about it. Very curious to hear what beat them down and random ready savage got to say about it. I'm pretty damn sure they're gonna talk about it too. So that's my opinion. You can also listen to them and check out their opinions and everybody else talking about. See who you agree with more, because I don't know what they're gonna say, but I'm curious to find out. That's just what I got to say. The only thing I got left to say after all that now is peace. Thank you.